Behold, Desert Springs Bible. I am so glad to be able to be with you, and especially to be with you going through God's Word. So thankful for the invitation. It's a privilege. It's a blessing. Uh, let me pray, and then uh, let's get going. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the Word, and thank you that it's powerful and effective in all the ways that we need. And Lord, we, we need your Word to be powerful and effective in this moment that we're in. Lord, many of us who are, are gathered right now together or have all sorts of things going through our minds. Uh, we've had a lot of things happen over the last few days. We have things coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would meet us in this moment, uh, that you would give us what we need. You would especially help us to be the Christians that we need to be in this moment. And so I pray that your words would come through right now, Lord, that uh, you would still inquire our hearts. You would shape us. You would mold us. You would make us more like Jesus. It's his name we pray. Amen. Any of you who were alive back in 2001 uh, and saw this happen on live TV uh, and, and, and were, were, were alive just during that experience, you will never forget what you witnessed. Uh, and what I'm talking about, of course, is, is 9-11. Those of us who, who were alive back then and saw this happen, I mean, it's, these are images that are seared in your brain, aren't they? That you remember seeing the Twin Towers. Um, you remember seeing the, these big gaping holes in those towers after airplanes had struck them. You watched as those towers uh, slowly burned and collapsed in on themselves. Uh, America was in crisis. Uh, it was a national emergency, scary time. Uh, for all of us who were alive and experienced it back then. It's why we, looking back over that period of time, we, we, we especially remember and commemorate the, the people who responded heroically during that incident, during that crisis. Now, I'm talking, of course, about uh, the police officers, the EMTs, uh, the firefighters. Uh, these were the people who, as those towers were burning, rushed in uh, ran up those stairs to find people, to rescue people, to, to, to save people, to do whatever it took, even at the cost of their lives, to bring people out of those buildings. Um, these are people that we call first responders. And that's, that's a really good name for them, isn't it? First responders. These are the people who, when everyone else would most naturally run away <laughs> uh, and, and hide and, and try to just get away from the situation when there's a crisis and emergency, these are the people who respond instead move towards the danger. They move towards the crisis. Uh, these are the people who, through their efforts, have saved all the first responders you might think of. First responders now and back then, they have saved countless lives in countless emergencies and countless crisis situations. Uh, you know, uh, from, from a Christian's perspective, this idea of crisis is something that we can, that we can use to just talk about the world in general, isn't it? You know, that when we, we've been through a lot of moments of crisis in the history of our planet, but, but, but biblically speaking, we can talk about just the world that's in general in crisis. Um, the story of the Bible is that at the very beginning of creation, we human beings uh, rejected God. Uh, we said, that we, we, we're going to go our own way, God. And, and so that rejection of God broke something. It, it broke, it, it, it caused a division between us and God, uh, a break in our relationship with God. And, and that disaster, that, that break between us and God spread because the break that happened between us and God also happened within the world that 
humanity also broke apart. The relationships that we were meant to have, they, they weren't, they're not there anymore. They're not the way they're supposed to be. And so instead of enjoying harmony and unity with God and with one another, we're in a world today where we instead experience division between us and God and with one another. This, this is why we can talk about a world that's in crisis, a world that's not the way it was supposed to be. That this world is in a spiritual state of emergency. Uh, we're in a world that uh, in many ways we can say is, is, is slowly burning and eventually will collapse in on itself as we will end up in a place where we are forever divided from God and from one another. This world is in crisis, but fortunately the Bible story is that there was someone who responded, that we actually have a first responder for the planet. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Jesus. If you think about it, Jesus is that first responder, isn't he? Jesus was the one, the Son of God, who comes into our world, who comes into the midst of the crisis, into the midst of the emergency that our world was in from the very start. And Jesus comes, and, and through his heroic sacrifice, he gives up his life. And what does he do? He gives up his life in order to save us, to rescue us out of the, the, the burning building of division that humanity was in. Jesus, by faith in Jesus, we find healing, we find reconciliation, and we are brought back to God. No longer in this burning world of, of division, but instead brought near to God. We, we become part now of his family, become part of his kingdom. So I say all that to, to say this, that if you're a, a Christian, uh, you've, you've, everything I just said, you've, you, you believe in, you've, you've believed in Jesus, you've experienced his rescue, you've, this division you had between you and God, you now have been brought near to God, you're part of his family, part of his kingdom. If, if you're a Christian and you've believed all those things by faith, here's the thing, you're part of the family business now. If you're part of his family, you're part of his kingdom. What the Bible says is that we now are, are tasked with the same mission. We also are now called to be first responders with God. Part of this work he is still engaged in to reconcile people back to God. Let me, let's do some Bible here. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20. God uses us believers and, and calls us to join in this reconciling work. Second Corinthians 5 says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So God reconciles, brings us back to himself. We were divided from him through Jesus. Jesus, the first responder, comes. We are reconciled back to God. But notice what it says here. And gave us the ministry of of reconciliation. This reconciling work, the way God continues to do that, the way he's been doing it throughout history and will continue to do it till Jesus comes back is through us who are now part of the family business. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So verse 19, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Get this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we are called to be ambassadors. And if you allow me to use that metaphor, uh, to be first responders. Because notice, we're not ambassadors who just stay in the embassy all day. Notice it says we're to be ambassadors, make God making his appeal through us. So we've been sent out from the embassy to be the first responders and to move into the crisis situation, into the world that we are in. A crisis situation of sinful division. God has now entrusted us with that work. He's making his appeal through us to bring about reconciliation, to move us out of sinful division and to move people out of sinful division and to bring them into the healing embrace of reconciliation. This reconciliation, of course, first is reconciliation between us and God. And it says it right there, right? He, he reconciled us to himself. And so now we want to be part of his work to reconcile people to God. As a first responder, we want to say and do things that help people see that you can be brought back to God. And if you were watching, I want you to hear that from me. You can be brought back to God, that you can have a, a life, a, a, an understanding of, of, of yourself that has God at the center. We can be reconciled, brought back to God. We don't have to be divided from him. And so we are part of this work, this family business that we're involved with is to implore people, right, as it says there, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. It says there in verse 20. But I want you to see that's only one dimension of the reconciliation that needs to happen. That the crisis of this world, and remember how I began here, is, is the division between us and God, but not just also between us and God, amongst one another. There's a division that is within humanity, that's within us. If, if, I mean, if you were to reconcile them people, if we were to reconcile people to God, that reconciliation will also mean reconciliation with one another. And if you look at the way this verse is sort of, notice how this verse is put up. This is we're brought near to God in Christ, right? He's reconciling us to himself. If he, God is bringing people to himself, by necessity, that means he's bringing people together. The reconciliation, this ministry of reconciliation, I want you to understand, it's not just a reconciliation that's vertical. It's also horizontal among one another. If we are to be first responders in the full way possible, if we are to really rescue people out of the sinful division, the sinful division, the crisis that our world is in, we need to care. We need to be about that work. The full reconciliation of people. Humanity with God, humanity within itself. So, how best do we do that? If we're going to be first responders, the Bible puts it here, ambassadors for Christ, but active ambassadors. So I'm saying first responders. If we're to be that type of people, to come into the crisis of this world, what, what's, what's the way we're going to do that? Let, let's put it this way. What's the equipment and strategy that we're going to use? EMTs, police officers, firefighters, to, to rescue people out of, let's say, the crisis of a burning building, they bring equipment with them to rescue people out of the crisis of sinful division from God and with one another? What's the equipment? What's the strategy that we're going to use? Well, I think there's, at least there's one word, one concept, one main thing that we can look to as the key equipment, that the key strategy for us to use if we're going to be effective first responders. The word, the concept, the main thing that I'm thinking about here is love. It's love. I believe that love is the key tool that we've been given as 
God's first responders serving alongside Jesus to bring people out of sinful division and bring them into the safety of reconciliation, to help them be reconciled to God and to one another. And what I wanted to spend the rest of our time doing is, is, is especially though focusing on this reconciling to one another. We, we understand that like, the gospel message is about us being reconciled to God, of course, right? Love is key for us to understand that. But here's sort of the thing I want to sort of, the thread I want to pull, I want to really explore. How can we understand how love is the key strategy, the key um, toolkit for us to be part of that work of then helping people realize that reconciliation with, with, among one another? This mission of the kingdom that God is involved with, that he calls us to as believers in Christ, involves this type of work. It involves bringing people together in reconciliation. And the reason I want to especially spend time thinking about this is, um, is because of the particular moment that we're in. I think if there's any moment for us to be thinking about how we bring about reconciliation amongst one another, it's, it's a moment like right now. And it's a moment, sadly, for America that keeps coming up, back up over and over these, this area of, of racial tension and racial division. Well, if we've been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation, uh, what better moment for us to be thinking deeply and equipping ourselves fully for the work of being first responders to move into these spaces. And, to, and, and, and what I'm going to say here this morning is, is love is key to that. Love is the key way in which we, we do that. But we've got to do some more Bible work to, to help, help us see that. We, let me take us to Matthew chapter 5. So Matthew chapter 5, we'll start in verse 43 and work down to verse 47. So love is key to reconciling people. Cross division, especially in this racially divided moment. Let's see how, how Jesus sort of, I think, gives us a framework for this. Verse 43 says, You have heard that was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So to take you back to, to that time period, back in that time period, there was a, there's a community of really Orthodox Jews who lived by the Dead Sea. And so they, they were known as being super religious. And these are the people who got the Bible down, right? Um, and yet here's one of the mottos of that community. And it was this, love the brothers, hate the outsider. Love the brothers, hate the outsider. And that was an abnormal way to think. The reality is, people back then, and still today, we form sort of communities of, of people who, who, who get things like we get them, right? Uh, and then we form up, form up different rules and structures by, that allow us to sort of define ourselves in community and in opposition to other people who aren't quite like us. And like us has showed up in a lot of different ways over the years, but for America, not like us has most often meant, well, they're not the same race as us. So this Jewish community had that. And so this is Jesus saying this. You've, you've heard it said this way. I mean, the people are like, yeah, of course, we get that. Notice what Jesus says in contrast to that. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. We are first responders with love. Our, our toolkit the strategy, the equipment that we've been given, the message that we bring into a world of sinful division is love. If we're to be, notice it says they're sons of the Father who is in heaven. So if we're going to be part of the family business, and, and we are, if you've believed in Jesus, you're part of the family business. If we're going to be part of that, then 
then this is the work we have to be involved with, to move into the burning buildings of the vision that are all around us. The burning building of the vision that is this planet. We rescue people out of that building. We rescue them and bring them into the safety of reconciliation. And love allows us to do that. Love allows us to do that even with the people who are most divided from us. So what Jesus is saying here is love allows us to cross the deepest division that's out there, which is the division that you have with the enemy. To someone who isn't just not like you, you see them as opposed to you, as against you. That your whole way of identifying yourself is to be opposed to those other people. Jesus goes on to say, look, if, if you only, basically, if you only love people who are like you, well, what is that? That's not the kind of love I'm talking about. You're just acting like everyone else. Verse 46 of Matthew 5 says, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. I mean, people do stuff like that. People, of course people like people who are like them. People, people, Gentiles are going to like other Gentiles, right? Tax collectors, I mean... Tax collectors, of course tax collectors are going to like other tax collectors. You're just doing the same thing everyone else does. Christians are called to something else. We're called to something greater. Like I've been saying, we're called to the family business. What's the family business, God? We are first responders in a world that is dying because of its division from God and from one another. And what we bring is this message of reconciliation, and how we bring it is with the equipment that is love. That's the strategy. That's what we bring. And it's equipment that works for people that are even the farthest away, who we might think have no way of ever drawing near to us. This is how we do it. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and, and others like him are, are, are some of the people I, I look to the most when I think about how this looks like in practice, um, what it means to be a first responder reconciling through love. Um, let me just quote from uh, or give some thoughts from a sermon that he gives in, in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, he's talking about loving your enemies. And what he says, he, he talks in the sermon, so he, he, preaching the, the, the same sort of passage that we're looking at. But King, as many of you know, had this concept of the beloved community. And, you know, we, we use that, that, that concept all the time. I want you to understand what he, he means by that concept. In this sermon, he describes how this, this beloved community is a community that abhors and hates segregation and yet still loves the segregationist. Did you get that? Abhors and hates segregation, but if it's gonna be beloved community, it still has to have love for the segregationist, love that even invites the segregationist in. So the, the love that we're talking about that we wanna move, move people into, that we wanna to move towards is a love that doesn't mean ignoring the wrongs that have been committed. That's not what we're talking about here, right? Uh, you aren't a first responder if you're unwilling to address the wrong that's happened. I mean, King, in, this, in his case, he's talking about the wrong of racism and segregation. Uh, many back then wanted to ignore and dismiss, dismiss that, right? Because I mean, racial issues, we don't like to talk about that. Like, it's sort of like, it's hard to look at. That was true back then, and this is all right to her. And so King says, it's not love if we ignore that. How, how can you really address the issue if you're unwilling to address the reason there is an issue there, the division that's there? Um, that'd be like going into a burning building, trying to rescue people, and trying to do it by ignoring the fact that there's fire happening all around. <laughs> I'm going to try to rescue these people, but not deal with the fact that it's burning. 
If we're to be first responders with love, biblical love, it means facing the truth of what's going on. Facing the truth of saying, look, this building is burning because of racism. And the people who are in the building are the ones that are keeping that fire burning. We've got to face that truth. Love means speaking that truth, but love means still caring about the person even though they're the ones committing the wrong. That even though it's their sin that's fueling this division, the division of King and that he explained in the sermon is a vision that says, that sort of, that moves towards people and, 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 and has a passion and desire to see them restored, even the racist segregationists, to help move them out of their practices and habits that are burning the building around them, that are burning relationships all around them. His vision, his passion was to see even that racist person restored to unity and fellowship. I want you to understand, that's the unique power of being a Christian first responder, isn't it? The power of being a Christian first responder is that we have the ability to reconcile even the enemy, even someone who is as bad as the racist segregationist. And so in saying that, I mean, we, we've talked about racist segregationists. You've heard about it, right? We, we've Hopefully, hopefully in school you've heard about it. But one of the things that I think is, is helpful for us to, to pause and just, just really consider is what we really mean by the racist segregationist. Like what, what, when, when he's talking about loving those people, I want to sort of go through some examples of what those people were doing. What he actually has in mind, the visions that existed, how they expressed themselves. So, First, uh, this, is, uh, this is a picture from 1964 in Florida. What you see here is a group of white and black people swimming together right, in a pool. Uh, it was a pool that was uh, supposed to be segregated. And so they were demonstrating reconciliation and saying, no, we're going we're to swim together in this pool. What you see at the top right there is the manager coming out and shouting, um, I'm cleaning the pool as he's pouring acid into the pool. That's, that's a whole thing of acid that he's pouring into the pool. That's who King is talking about. That's what he has in mind. Loving even someone who is led to the point of doing something like that. Here's another picture. Um, this is a picture of a, of a woman. This is also in uh, 1964. Uh, this woman has, has fallen to the ground because uh, she's been attacked by sort of, you see those three white women, three white segregationists who are attacking her because this woman was trying to join the people who you could see them farther back in the picture. These were people demonstrating against the fact that this was a segregated beach. And so uh, they're demonstrating, uh, they're showing, no, we want to be integrated. We want to be reconciled. So this woman gets attacked for trying to join that crowd of people by these other women. Last picture here is of Elizabeth Eckford. Uh, she's surrounded by this crowd of people. You can see the, the angry look of that woman. She's trying to, uh, she was basically denied access to the school, Little Rock Central High School. And so she's walking back out and, and here's, I mean, you can, just, you can imagine uh, the, the, the things that were said to her, the things that were spit at her as she's just trying to, to be educated <laughs> along with the other people in her community. So this is, uh, this is a significant division, isn't it? Um, and I want you to understand, Dr. King is not saying to ignore the sin that's being done here. What, what he's saying is to love the people who are doing these things because of their sin, who have fallen deep into the trap of sinful division, <laughs> who, who've, 
who've been in this burning building so long, they didn't realize they're the ones burning the building down. And he says, to identify the sin that they're doing, to call it out, to abhor it and to hate it and to fight against it. And here's how you do it, by loving that person. To move, to help, the, to help move them past their sinful divisions and habits and to love them into reconciliation with God and with one another. Because see, the key here is that love is what actually does it. I think the reason love is so important in Dr. King's thought, and Dr. King is not pulling this out of thin air, the reason love is so important in the Bible is because love actually is what causes the change. Love is the fuel, love is the, the, the ingredient that brings about the reconciliation. Let me quote from Dr. King here. He says this, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. We never get rid of an enemy by meeting hate with hate. We get rid of an enemy by getting rid of enmity. By its very nature, hate destroys and tears down. By its very nature, love creates and builds up. Love transforms with redemptive power. The key words here I want you to notice is transforms. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about people staying where they are, saying, well, I understand like you're this way and, and I'm just gonna sort of deal with it and be okay with it. No, like King was saying, something has to change. It must change. We can't wait for it to change. We must move towards it changing, but here's how we're gonna do it. By pointing to a love unlike any other to love them towards change, to love them in a way that transforms them. And it transforms them because King often says, look, I want something better for the segregationist. <laughs> they are living a less than human life. I want them to have something better. I want us all to have something better. And here's the thing. Uh, we as Christians, as, as first responders, we have the ability to do it, don't we? We have the calling to do it. We are in a crisis in our world, division everywhere. We've been commissioned and we have the message and toolkit to help heal the division, to bring the reconciliation. Love really can bring change. And as I said, I think this is especially important in this moment that we're in. We look around and we see division everywhere. In this moment that we're in, this moment of racial division, love and love as modeled by our brothers and sisters like Dr. King and others, love like that, uh, well, it, it can change everything. So let me, let me just finish with some practical ways in which I think we should love. So I wanna sort of give you some practical instructions on how to use the equipment that is love. Here's, here's three things I'd like to mention. Number one, uh, we need to be initiators. Love initiates. If we're gonna be first responders with love, we need to be initiators. We go back to the Matthew 5 passage. Matthew 5, 44 to 45 says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Every day is an example of God initiating love towards people who don't even like him. He sends rain and sun on the evil and the good. It's God showing grace, isn't it? Every single day is like God initiating love and saying, look, like you can be better. I want to call you to something better. That's why I like the phrase first responders for sort of what I think the calling for us as Christians is. That we as Christians should be the first to respond. Far too often, 
far too often we Christians are either uh, we're, we're passive, uh, we're dismissive, or just ignorant. Um, this is just too complicated, or I just, I just this kind of stuff just just it's too divisive, so I can't deal with it. Uh, it's too divisive. What, what, what better place for Christians to be? We're either passive or dismissive. Or if we do respond, we don't respond in the right ways. We respond with bitterness, with anger, uh, with a spirit of, of sarcasm. We have a better way. And, and this better way is, is this way of love, to initiate towards other people with love. So when it comes to our current moment of racial division, we should be at the front of the line. Like we... Far too often in American history, the American church has been the last to the table, just sort of just dragging our feet when it comes to moving us forward and bringing the kind of healing that needs to happen and the kind of justice that needs to happen when it comes to race in this country. Far too often we've been slow. Uh, this shouldn't be the case. God forgive us for being this, this slow. If we're part of the family business, we're meant to be first responders with love, we should be initiators. We should be the first to move into these spaces right now where we see division and conflict and say, we're willing to speak and we're willing to act. We're willing to be part of what needs to happen to bring about the reconciliation because we can talk about a reconciliation unlike anywhere else in this planet. We should be people who initiate. Number two, uh, I sort of just mentioned it. We should be people who act. Love initiates, but love also acts. And specifically, love acts in generous, gracious, self-sacrificing ways. So what I'm talking about is a love that acts like Jesus, <laughs> right? So Jesus initiates towards us, but then he acts in a very particular way. The love of Jesus was shown in generosity and self-sacrifice in a willingness to, to do whatever was necessary to reconcile us back to himself. So when we think of applying this in sort of the current racial moment that we're in, to act with love, I think means acting in the same ways. And so I think acting with love might mean um, you might need to, to learn and read more. And that means giving up some of your nights. You might have to sacrifice some of your nights. You might have to be more willing to, to, to generously spend all the resources you have to, to spend time with people and to read books, to act and learn more so that you can act in the right ways in this current racialized moment that we're in. Love, some of us, to, to act with love will mean Look, you, you know a lot. You know what should be, done, what should be done. You need to speak up. You need to be in the places where things are happening. You need to say something when people are saying things that shouldn't be said. When there's racist things being said up against black people among your family or in a family reunion, you need to say something. Love acts in this way. Uh, some of us, to act with love means forgiving people. Uh, and and. Look, people have, we're gonna, if we're going to really do this, it means people will say and do things that they shouldn't have said and done. But if there's true confession and repentance, acting with love for the sake of bringing reconciliation, bringing us out of the burning building of division, means that some of us, we act with love by being willing to forgive when people are honestly confessing and repenting. Uh, acting with love, I think, for all of us means we pray a lot more, uh, we're way more humble. We're willing to give up time and energy to this work. Um, because this work is going to take time and energy. That brings me to the last thing I want to mention. If love initiates and love acts, love does not give up. <laughs> love does not give up. Uh, this is hard work. 
Uh, and especially this is, we're, the racial division that we have in this country is, is deeply embedded. It's been there for centuries. This is hard, hard work. And so if we're gonna be first responders with love, we can't just go into the building once. We need to show up and keep showing up, to keep rushing into all the burning relationships that we see around us, all of the visions that we see around us, and continue to love actively, to continue to love sacrificially and generously, to continue to love like Jesus over and over and over again until we see the reconciliation that God has entrusted us to bring to this world. God making his appeal through you and through me. We have a world that's divided and will stay divided unless some of us, unless all of us, unless all of us respond to his call. We gear up, we run forward, we move into a world that doesn't know what to do with itself and begin to speak a message, a message of hope, a message of joy and comfort, a message of love, the love of Jesus, and that will make all the difference. Let me finish with, with this. This is, a, this is a longer quote, but it's such a good one, I, I, I had to do it. <laughs> so another quote from King is a Christmas Eve sermon in 1967. Here's what King says. When you rise to love on this level, you love all men, not because you like them, <laughs> not because their ways appeal to you, but you love them because God loves them. Like, as King is being honest, I don't like this guy, right? <laughs> but I can love them. This is what Jesus meant when he said, love your enemies. And I'm happy he didn't say like your enemies because there are some people that I find it pretty difficult to like. Man, King, you're right on that one. Liking is an affectionate emotion. And I can't like anybody who would bomb my home. I can't like anybody who would exploit me. I can't like anybody who would trample over me with injustices. I can't like them. I can't like anybody who threatens to kill me day in and day out. But Jesus reminds us that love is actually greater than liking. Love is understanding, creative, redemptive, goodwill toward all men. And I think this is where we are as a people in our struggle for racial justice. We can't ever give up. We must work passionately and unrelentingly for first-class citizenship. We must never let up in our determination to remove every vestige of segregation and discrimination from our nation. Let me me read that again. We can't ever give up in our determination to remove every vestige of segregation and discrimination from our nation. But we shall not in the process, process relinquish our privilege to love. I want you to understand something. We are still involved in the process of removing every vestige of segregation and discrimination and racism. Like that work has not stopped. Sadly, it continues. We've spent centuries with segregation and discrimination and racism. We've spent very little time working to eliminate all of it. We've done a lot of good work. Thankful for what happened during the 60s. There's more work to be done. Here's the question, will you answer the call? Will you pick up the baton and answer the call to be first responders, to pick up the baton from King and others and be first responders with love? I think we can do it. Let's pray that God would help us do it. Lord, um, I recognize how hard and difficult these things are. 
uh, and they bring up all sorts of different emotions. And frankly, we're in the midst of a national conversation that goes in all sorts of di different directions. Some of it helpful, some of it not helpful. Uh, some of it very much not helpful. But Lord, uh, you've given us the scriptures that calls us to a ministry of reconciliation, that calls us to be first responders. You equipped us with love. Help us to respond to your call. And help us to look to great models like the many brothers and sisters during the civil rights movement, Lord, who, who spoke your truth and spoke it with love and made a difference. Um, but Lord, I pray that that baton will not stay in the ground. Uh, Lord, help us to be a people who are especially your people in this moment, who especially represent you in this moment, who love people to God and love people to one another. Help us to be first responders with love. We thank you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.